Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Hallelujah. 
Yes, sir. So praise be to God. I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over to you. All right, that's just fine. Thank you very much once again for your invitation. And uh, thanks to our listeners for giving us this opportunity to share out of the greatest message ever traveling through the human race, the message of Genesis through Revelation, the law, the prophets, the evangels, the history of the called-out ones, all available to us, the very message that can lead us from death unto life. I'd like to say also, before we get underway, um, that after uh, uh, Bruce's introduction, first of all, I want to thank you for that introduction, and secondly, to say that after that wonderful introduction, I can hardly wait to hear what I have to say. But if you'll take a look at the copy of the scriptures, if you're so inclined, um, I'll be speaking in a moment or so out of the uh, Gospel of Luke and the fourth chapter. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I'd like to add that the particular translation, and there are many, many of them. In fact, I'm looking around my studio here in New York, and I'm, I'm seeing about 13 right on one shelf, English translations. And then I have Spanish translations, and I have Indian translations. I don't know how many total translations I have. But uh, this evening I'll be speaking out of a particular translation that I find to be quite accurate uh, because it takes the, the translations um, right from the, uh, from the Hebrew languages. And I find that, to me personally, to be very, very interesting um, because the Hebrew language is interesting. And when translated, it gives me some insights uh, into the scriptures that I hadn't really seen over the 50 years or so that I've been studying and uh, pastoring and doing apostolic work for about 40 years, just by way of introduction, I have been uh, in Long Island uh, as a pastor for 30 years and another 10 before that in the Queens area of New York. I've also traveled the entire world, believe it or not. I've been in the Soviet Union. I've been down through the place that is, used to be called Yugoslavia when I went there. I'm not even sure today, although I think it divided in three names. I've been to Africa, and I've been to India, and I've been to Mauritius and Puerto Rico and all through the Caribbean, all through the United States. I've been up in Canada and uh, many, many other places, I'm sure. I traveled for about uh, 35 or 36 years, very extensively. And uh, that having been said, uh, that's my background. And thank you so much for allowing me to introduce myself to you. I'll also say about this uh, translation that I'm reading from, uh, this translation will actually translate the name of uh, the father of Israel as it was spoken to Moshe uh, at that burning bush. It does not substitute uh, his name for the terms God or Lord. There's no substitute. Uh, the actual name that is in Hebrew is the name that means I am the existing one. I am. And uh, that name is written with the four letters, actually, if you know anything about the Hebrew language. It's a YH and a WH, uh, because in the Hebrew language, they don't use vowels. They use vowel points, you know, like commas and dots and stuff. And the folks that speak the language uh, then know how to separate those consonants and how to pronounce them because of these vowel points. And uh, when YHWH... Uh, is seen as it's written with the vowel points, we know the pronunciation is Yahweh. We would spell it Y-A-H-W-E-H. 
And so when you're reading your, your King James translation or any other of the many, many, many translations, and you see the word Lord or the word God uh, from Genesis right through to Malachi and then even some places through the, uh, through the evangels and the letters and so on, uh, when you see that, that term, Lord or God, uh, this is in the original language, the word Yahweh, which is Hebrew, for I am uh, the existing one. And then, of course, when you refer to the Savior, the Savior that came and, and uh, taught us the way of Yahweh, performed mighty, mighty miracles, wonderful gifts of healing, changed people's lives even to this day, changed my life, and who willingly offered himself up during the uh, Hebrew or the Israeli Feast of Passover. Uh, actually, he was, he was slain on the day of the preparation while the priests throughout Israel at, at the temple in Jerusalem, uh, as they were slaying the lambs for the annual Passover, uh, Yahshua himself uh, was being slain as the Lamb of Yahweh that takes away the sins of the world. And, of course, we know from his own testimony, we know from the law and the prophets, that he was to be uh, in the grave for three days and three nights, which he was. Now, on the day of preparation, uh, the lambs were slain. The following day was the Passover. That was a Sabbath. And it was a special day, day of rest, day of family, day of prayer, day of study. And um, then two days from that, was the uh, annual, the weekly Sabbath, uh, which is the seventh day of the week. And when asked during his ministry if um, he could tell his contemporaries how long uh, before he would rise again, he said, uh, just as uh, uh, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights um, in the heart of the earth. And so we, we know from Scripture itself that, that uh, Yahshua was three days and three nights, not, not two nights and one day or two nights and two half days, but three days and three nights. And just as the Scriptures had foretold through Jonah, of course, he, uh, he arose from the dead victorious because of his sinless life, because of his atoning work on Golgotha. And today we rejoice because we have a Savior. Uh, someone who is able to deliver us or save us from all of our violations of Yahweh's kingdom laws. We call them the commandment. We call them ordinances. We call them uh, testimonies. There's many, many different words that apply. But the scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of Yahweh. And uh, when we consider that all have sinned and we understand that sin, according to First John chapter 3, uh, sin is a transgression against the law, we understand that every one of us, dear friends, you and I, everyone, has, um, has broken or violated the, the laws of everlasting life, the laws of righteousness. And because of that, of course, the wages of sin is death. Um, there cannot be life, or I should say there cannot be eternal life within perfection. Wherever there is imperfection, there is death. Wherever there is sin, there is death. And so what has been done for us uh, is that there was an atoning work done. The Hebrews or the Israelites, they were all slaying their, their lambs that they slew each year, waiting to the coming of Messiah. And while they were doing that, Messiah himself was actually pouring out his own life, his own blood, on the stake 
at Galgotha's brow. So that would hopefully explain a little bit to you about the reason for my use of the Hebrew names. Now, moving forward, I'd like to invite your attention, as I said, to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. And in the 14th verse, I'd like to begin there and uh, bring you a message that is, is really in, um, oriented towards a specific aspect of the ministry of Yahshua. I just spoke very briefly about the purpose of his atoning death. I spoke very briefly about the names of the Father and the Son. And uh, I'd like to speak at this time, with your kind permission, a little bit about the ministry of Yahshua specifically. I mean, he's the greatest prophet that ever prophesied. He's the greatest healer that ever healed. Um, he's the very son of the Most High. He's excellent in all things. He's, he's counselor. He's prince of peace. He's, he's everything. Uh, and so I could never go into all those aspects of who he is. And even uh, during this broadcast, I can only touch upon one particular aspect of his ministry, and it's the ministry that we refer to as the deliverance ministry. Um, deliverance sometimes is translated escape, it's sometimes salvation. What it comes down to is this. This is what deliverance is. Deliverance is the very power of Yahweh through Yahshua Messiah, to bring us from a place that we should not be or do not want to be. It's a place of hurt. It's a place of confusion. It could be a place of deception. It could be a place of pain, of sickness, or combinations of all of that. It could be a place of mental anguish or oppression. Any place that's a negative place, any, any, any realm of, of, of the human being that needs help, that needs attention, uh, where we're hurting in some way, um, when when the when the uh, the miracle of the Yashua is performed, then that particular problem is removed from our life. Uh, this is how we use in this particular message tonight. This is how we use the word deliverance. We've been delivered or set free from some type of bondage, some type of an oppression, some type of an evil spirit, uh, something that talks to us in the night or deprives us of sleep or causes body pain, or muscle aches, or disturbances between friends and family, uh, that causes mishaps, uh, and what we call accidents, and disagreements, and arguing, and a whole realm of things like that, that uh, when we come uh, to Yahweh through Yahshua, that um, during our wonderful journey uh, from where we are, from where he met us, from where we met him, on to where he wants us uh, to go and where he wants to bring us, that process is called deliverance. And deliverance is a process. Um, one of the wonderful aspects of, of, of serving Yahweh and walking with Yahshua is that you realize deliverance on a daily basis. You're being changed completely. In fact, the scripture says uh, that, that we shall all be changed. That there's going to be a change. We can't go into eternal life the way we are. Obviously, I mean, we get a little older, we get arthritis, and our neck creaks, and we, our eyes don't work as well, and sometimes there's, there's even serious, serious diseases that disable us, leave us possibly in a, in a wheelchair, or possibly with a, with a walking cane for blindness. I mean, you know, folks, the list goes on, it's endless. And you certainly want, would not want to go into eternity with that process going on in your life. What you want is the process of deliverance and healing and wholesomeness and soundness and counsel 
and uh, all of the wonderful attributes uh, that are in uh, the nature of our Heavenly Father, but he not only reveals to us, but he also imparts to us. But before that type of um, holiness comes into our life, whatever is in there that's not holy, uh, it needs to come out. And the scriptures say, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It's a process. It's like any other process. If I talk to you about the human process of educating a child, that Ph.D., that's a professor at Harvard, didn't start off as a Ph.D. and a professor at Harvard. Started off in the kindergarten. Got a few little social skills, learned to work and play well with others. He learned maybe the ABCs or the alphabet, and then he moved to the first grade and the second and the third and so on and so forth. His body matured. His wisdom increased. His education level uh, brought him to new experiences in life. It's a process, and that's what deliverance is. And so uh, we'll take a look at this today and, uh, and hopefully have a better understanding of what it is and how. This, this matchless grace is introduced into each and every life, those that call upon the name of Yahweh. The 14th verse says, Then Yahshua returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and reports went out about him throughout all the surrounding region. You can imagine that uh, this prophet, young man, 30 years of age, um, would sometimes attract as many as 5,000 men. We don't even know the count on uh, women and children. And uh, multitudes, the, the scriptures use the term multitudes, countless numbers of people were hearing him. Uh, he would speak from mountaintops. Of course, he started off in the synagogues, but uh, they put him out of the synagogue pretty quickly. But uh, he <laughs> preached from boats, and he preached from, the, uh, uh, from what I call the, uh, the temple grounds. Not in the temple, but around the temple. There was a courtyard, and many times the scriptures show that he was there outside the temple in Jerusalem. And he preached at the seashore and so on. And this is why people knew of him. I don't think there were any radios in those particular days, but their communication was, was word of mouth, and, and people spoke about this. And everyone who heard of them, of course, had their own, um, how will I say it, they, 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 they drew their own conclusions about who he was. Some said he was a prophet. Um, some said he was one of the prophets that had already passed. Someone thought he may have been um, Elijah, or resurrected. There was a lot of uh, talk, a lot of controversy about what he was preaching, about what he was saying. And then, of course, you introduce uh, the subject of the Pharisees and the scribes. Uh, these men were very powerful men uh, in the secular sense, also in the religious sense. Uh, they really ran uh, the politics of the time and, and, and all of the social, um, uh, how will I call it, sociality, the businesses and so on. Um, these were the men that would have signed the documents and put the seal for somebody applying for a, uh, some kind of a reference or so on. They were the leaders of Israel. And, um, of course, when you introduce them into the ministry of Yahshua, you find that uh, these powerful men uh, opposed him vehemently. They opposed him for, for many reasons, notwithstanding, um, he criticized them openly for the fact that not only were they entering into the kingdom, uh, but they were the ones that were standing in the way of the common man, the common woman, people who were trying to find out about this everlasting kingdom. Because of these Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the information was locked out. In fact, Yahweh's name 
was not even permitted to be used. Uh, Yahshua spoke about the lying pen of the scribes. And uh, one of the applications that we can apply that to is the fact that when these scribes, uh, who were translating these scriptures by pen, uh, came to Yahweh's name, uh, they would uh, put a name in there like Adonai, for example. And I won't go into the meaning of Adonai in this particular uh, broadcast, but they just changed the name. And the scriptures themselves say, don't change anything, don't add anything, don't take anything away, or your name uh, will be stricken from the Lamb's Book of Life. But they changed the name. And then as time went on, the centuries went on, uh, the translations continued to be produced in different languages and so on. And to make a very, very long story, very short, by the time we get to the uh, era of, um, of King James, um, the name Adonai was stricken, and, and the terms Lord and the terms God were used. Now, Lord, of course, is an English term. Uh, to this day, there are English lords. And the word God is the word that's taken from the Greek for Theo. And, of course, from that word, we get to the name, uh, we get the word theology, which is the study of God. And um, what I want to say to you briefly here is that Yahweh is above all gods. He's not one of them. He's the creator of gods. He's the creator of all things. And without him was not anything made that was made. And uh, one of the deliverances that I have found myself bringing to people locally and around the world was to try and lift uh, their mentality above God worship and to bring it in to the worship of Yahweh that is available to us through uh, the work and the ministry of his son. And uh, it's very difficult to get folks to realize that God's are just a part of the creation. I could name some for you. It's not really important. I, you know, Theo is, is one. I could talk about Diwali. I could talk about Krishna as a lord, for example. I've been to, Africa, to India, I don't know, about eight, nine times. Many, many lords. In fact, all of their gods are, are uh, introduced as, as lord this or lord the other thing. And uh, so the term lords and gods have been around for a long time. And it always has to do with, with pagan uh, religions. Uh, those religions have gods and lords. They even have names. You know, there's names that, for example, even in Bible times, uh, going back to the eras of the Philistines, for example, they, they worshipped the god called Dagon. And, uh, you know, he was named, and it's, it's in the scriptures. In Ephesus, for example, if you read that uh, portion of scripture in Ephesus, uh, you'll find that the city... Uh, which was visited by uh, Yahweh's uh, apostle, Yahshua's apostle, um, he was confronted with a female deity uh, named Diana in some translations and given another name in other translations. Uh, the prophets of Yahweh spoke about uh, the queen of heaven. And, of course, uh, that term to this day is still used. And it applies to specific religions and specific queens of heaven. Um, some, well, I won't get into that tonight. But what I want to say to you is that all this activity, all this spiritual activity was going on uh, during the time of the coming of uh, Yahweh's Messiah. And he was confronted with all these different religions, all these different men, all these politically powerful men, all these religious powerful men, and they did not like him. 
uh, uh, because he, he, he simply preached the law and the prophets. And I'd like my friends to understand that when Yahshua came, uh, he, he never preached from Matthew or, or from uh, Luke or, or, or from Mark or from John or, or the Acts and Romans. He never preached from them because they didn't exist. They weren't written. So each, every time you read something, um, in those scriptures, in those evangels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, in the book of Acts, and they speak about the Word, and of course in most translations it would be the Word of God, but it's the Word of Yahweh. When they speak of that, they're always speaking about uh, Genesis through Malachi. They're speaking of the law, of course, which came through Moses, and then, of course, the prophets that spoke out, anointed uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, to bring forth the revelation and the majesty of our Heavenly Father. And this is the time that he came into the human experience and dwelt among men, the scripture said, and he taught. He taught us. And uh, he also drove out uh, the demons, the sicknesses, the ailments, the pain, the suffering of many people, sometimes all at once because he had thousands at his meetings, and the yes. scripture said they came out uh, crying, sometimes with loud voices. It must have been uh, to a person just looking on. It must have seemed like some kind of, of um, well, I can't imagine what they thought. I mean, everybody's screaming and maybe throwing up or foaming at the mouth. I mean, these are, these are scriptural uh, depictions of what was taking place, what was going on. And, uh, of course, folks had never seen anything like that. And there could have been hundreds or even thousands. And sometimes uh, he might be ministering to just, you know, just one person. And in this particular passage of Scripture, he speaks about his calling. And he quotes in the synagogue in uh, his hometown uh, in Nazareth. He, he quotes the Scripture. And then he tells the people about the Scripture he just quoted from the book of Isaiah was referring to him. And uh, this is something for those dear folks listening. When a man reads a scripture and then tells the folks who he's talking to that the scripture he just read refers to him, uh, that causes folks to stand back a little bit. Uh, it'll, it'll, cause you to, it'll cause some folks to get up out of their seats and just leave. Um, when they say, you see that scripture I just read, that, that's, that's about me, you know? So this is what he did. And uh, right here in this passage, if I may, 15 says, he taught in their synagogues, being honored and held in great esteem by all. And when you read these scriptures, you'll understand, you'll know, that he taught them not as the scribes, but he taught them with the one that had power and that had great authority, and he demonstrated his power and authority, not in a way so as to draw attention to himself and look for some high and lofty, exalted position, but in a way to explain to the people he was speaking to of the love and the grace and the power and the will of his heavenly Father. He said, I do nothing on my own. He said, I say nothing on my own. I only do and say the things that my Father told me to do and say. And, of course, his Father told him what to do and what to say through the law and the prophets. He said on one occasion to the folks he was speaking with, read the scriptures because they speak about me. And then in verse number 16, the scripture said he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day 
and he stood up in order to read. Now, in my opinion, dear friends, the Sabbath day has never changed. At least I've never read about it in the Scripture. Uh, the keeping of the Sabbath day is uh, one of the original Ten Commandments given from Sinai. And then as you follow through the ministry of Yahshua, you'll see that it was his custom to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day. And as you read through the Acts and the Book of Romans and so on, the writings of Paul and Peter, uh, these men uh, all kept the Sabbath. There was no, 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 no one that Yahweh ever sent uh, ever changed that day. And bear in mind, please, that there were six days according to six periods of time. I don't know myself if it was 24 hours or, or if a day was a thousand years. I, I don't know. But I know there were six designated time periods in which the process of creation took place. And after that was all done, uh, then Yahweh created a seventh day. And Yahshua taught in his ministry the seventh day, the Sabbath day, uh, was made for man. Man wasn't made for the seventh day. But that seventh day was made for man. It's supposed to be a time of, of rest. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe I shouldn't be so bold, but I think a lot of folks have a lot of troubles with, with, with nervous problems and then heart attacks and all kinds of physical and mental illness, ailments would probably do better, um, at least uh, somewhat better, if they were to learn about the Sabbath day and keep it from a scriptural standpoint. Rest, uh, be with family, uh, read scriptures, meditate. Uh, David said in his word or in his law, will I meditate day and night? The scripture said, I'll keep the man in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And, and many scriptures such as that. So there's a peace that comes in. There's an opportunity on the Sabbath day to be taught. Uh, the scriptures call for a convocation. A convocation simply is a meeting. And uh, you have a convocation. You gather with other folks. You may sing some songs or pray some prayers. It's an opportunity for fellowship, not only with the, 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 the Yahweh's people, but also with Yahweh's spirit. And as I said, it's a time of rest, a time of joy, a time of learning, a time of praying, a time of healing, a time of deliverance. It's a day. Yahweh saw our need and knew that we would need a day uh, for refreshment and a day for healing and a day for meditation and all these wonderful things. So, in verse 16, it says, Then he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. The word synagogue just means public meeting place. And he stood up in order to read. And uh, handed to him was the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, which happens to be the 61st chapter now. Uh, we have it designated with numbers. And this is what he read. The Spirit of Yahweh is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of Yahweh. Now that year of Yahweh is what we sometimes referred to as the Jubilee. It was a time for freedom. It was a time for every person to be restored. And uh, as you look at that uh, uh, verse of Scripture, particularly in the 18th verse, um, you'll, you'll notice that he attributed his work, 
his teaching and his ministry to folks uh, as 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 being something that was uh, you know above human learning or human knowledge from from great schools and universities. He was he he had come forth under the anointing of the spirit of Yahweh. And uh, so there's lesson number one, and I tell folks, especially young preachers that come to me for advice, um, if you don't know that you've been called and have Yahweh's anointing, I, I really suggest that you don't uh, tackle this, because I, I do believe that the, the odds are really against you of being successful. Uh, when you get involved, you, you, you do, in fact, wrestle with principalities and powers and the rules of the darkness of this age and, and spiritual wickedness in high places, and they can attack you in your emotions. They can attack you th- through your children. Uh, they can cause hardship. They can cause sickness, disease. The scripture said that Satan uh, is the god of this world. And then there are underlings, as I quoted from Ephesians, principalities and powers. There's a whole form, a whole structure of spirits that are, are, are considered evil spirits or lying spirits or deceiving spirits. And so uh, the, the, what I to tell young people who, who are thinking about ministry I, I, I suggest very strongly pointing to this verse as well as many others that yes. they, um, they they seek Yahweh for for the anointing for a specific calling for a direction for leadership and not just once every day every day you know is is the time during your, your own particular meditation and prayer time to thank Him for what He did the day before and then to look forward uh, to what He's going to do today and so on and just to stay in that anointing and he, he's very specific Yahshua is he's to preach uh, the glad tidings to the poor you say well who are the poor well they're, 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 we would use the word humble today um, but even if you look at poor as a, as a, as a monetary type of evaluation um, every one of us is poor uh, Yahweh owns the cattle on a thousand hills uh, there's a song that says how great thou art. He, he, he flung the stars in space and so on and so forth. And uh, men sometimes have a little more money than other men. But uh, fr- from the standpoint of a human race, all men are poor. Um, they're, they're just lacking the things of life, the anointing of Yahweh, the understanding of the scriptures, uh, the, the atonement, the work at, at Golgotha or Calvary, the, the death, the shedding of the blood, and the fulfillment of the prophecies, the, the rising from the dead, and the ascension back um, into the heavens, and, and all these wonderful things. Uh, many folks lack this information, and uh, in my mind, they would be considered poor. But he sent me to preach to the poor, and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We don't use that term too much today. Uh, in a clinical uh, setting, it would be the folks who are rejected, brokenhearted. So many folks I've come across in the last 40 years or so uh, have been rejected since they were children. And uh, that rejection has never really left their lives. Uh, they may have been called fat or, or ugly or stupid or dumb. Uh, sometimes children say hurtful things, cruel things without realizing the, the scope of the ramifications of those things. Sometimes, as hard as it is to believe, little boys and girls are, are, are abused by, by grown people, by adults, and um, then they're thrown away or they're mistreated or they're scolded or they're punished. And 
uh, they're even slapped around. I mean, they're, they're left alone. They're abused. A lot of rejection uh, comes into people's lives. Even grown-up people, even old people uh, can be the victims of being rejected. And uh, Yahshua came to heal uh, the rejected, to, to, to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives. Please understand with me, uh, my brothers and my sisters there, that the captives are taken captive. Now, some folks are in a deeper captivity than others. Of that, there's no doubt. I've learned that over the years. Uh, some folks, if I can uh, you know, use some secular terms, might be, in a, uh, spiritually speaking, might be in a state of uh, what we might call um, uh, low security, you know, it's, uh, as compared to some who are on death row. Uh, there's different levels of captivity, uh, but nonetheless, all, all of men are, are captive in some way. Uh, some are captive to their careers. They're captive to uh, their own lusts. Uh, they're captive to their weaknesses. And I can go on and on, but I, I hope I'm able to impart uh, to your understanding uh, what the Scriptures are saying in this particular passage of Scripture. Folks need to be delivered uh, from their captivity. Some folks, and I don't mean to offend anybody, some folks need to be delivered from the captivity of, of a cigarette smoking, which can cause uh, some disease and sickness. Uh, some folks may need to be delivered from the uh, addictions like to alcohol or to uh, heroin or crack cocaine or marijuana or any, any, anything that, that takes some control over some part of your life that it, it rules it and it runs it, um, is an addiction. And uh, that, that is what the scriptures speak about when it speaks about our being uh, uh, captives to something or addicted to something or in some way uh, tied emotionally to something and unable to get set free. And uh, the recovering of sight to the blind. Now, the blind, from a scriptural standpoint, and the blind, going back to, the, uh, to Isaiah's prophecy, uh, the blind in scriptures doesn't refer to folks who have less than 20-20 vision, or even, for that matter, folks who have no vision at all. Uh, in scripture, blind refers to, to the mind. It's, it's a total lack of understanding. Uh, it's linked up even with deafness. You'll, you'll, you'll probably know that Yahshua went about opening the eyes of the blind. Pastor Holtzhauser, are you still on the line with us? Yes, sir. I think we experienced some type of uh, technical difficulty. Well, we did. You know, um, Satan does not want this message going out. No, Listen, I, uh, I have not heard preaching like this in over 20 years. Uh -huh. I mean, you will not hear this uh, in most pulpits. You certainly will not hear it on most uh, television today. And uh, as I, um, folks out there listening around the world, as I was uh, mentioning to uh, Brother Holzhauser pre-show, uh, there have been some real attacks against the men of God as we have tried to get out of here and raise the alarm, sound the warning about the times we're living in and the need for deliverance. And I'll tell you, you know you must be on the right track when uh, the attacks come. You know, Brother Holtzhaus, I worry about uh, people who say to me, you know, hey, I've, I've been serving the Lord for 25 years, never had any hard times. You know, that's kind of a litmus test to uh, are we making any impact for Yeshua? You know, if we're not under any attack, then, you know, really Satan has no no trouble with us, and uh, he'll concentrate on somebody else. But if we're under attack, that uh, tells me 
that we must be doing something right. So um, this is live radio, and uh, you know I like live radio because that's where the true anointing of Yahweh can come into play. This is not pre-recorded. You never know what you're going to get, and uh, it makes for some exciting radio. So without further ado, let me uh, turn it back over to you, uh, Pastor Holt Salzer, and just pick up where we left off. Okay, thanks very much, and we apologize to our listeners for that brief um, pause due to a technical difficulty. But I'd like to continue on with the subject of the ministry of Yahshua and the love. Well, actually, the scriptures say that Yahweh so loved the world that he gave. There's, there's never been a person like like yet, like him. Um, it's, it's unspeakable, the, the, the love and the grace and the tenderness and the caring and the forgiveness and the teaching. I mean, it's it's beyond my ability to, to articulate. It's just, it's a spiritual thing, a wonderful, wonderful gift, a wonderful, it's it's beyond words. I mean, in my particular life, if you, if you take the knowledge of Yahweh and Yashur away from me and, and, and the contents of the scripture, life would be absolutely empty and meaningless and void, and it would have no significance. There'd be no hope at all. Uh, we just live for a couple of decades and accomplish whatever we thought we accomplished and go through our trials and travails and our various sicknesses at different times of our life and pain and suffering and disappointments, and then we just would wind up in a grave. I mean, it would be a terrible, terrible thing even to be born. But we have this message, and we have this anointing, and we have these uh, promises, these exceeding great and precious promises. And it's, it's truly a joy. Uh, and I know that uh, Brother Lee would agree with me to, to have an opportunity um, the way we have one tonight, for example, uh, just to be able to speak a few of these words. Um, and, and as Yahshua said, uh, you know, a sower went out to sow, a, a, a farmer went out to sow seed, and to just take words and, and just throw them out into the field and uh, really never know, like a farmer never knows exactly where each seed lands, uh, but to, to throw out the scriptures and never know really who's listening or the measure of understanding, but to know the scriptures say that there will be uh, some seed or some words of the kingdom that will fall um, on fertile ground, and it will, it will, it will uh, positively affect uh, the lives of people and bring them into the knowledge uh, of the grace and the love and the ministry uh, that we're speaking about tonight. Okay, from this particular passage, well, I don't know, should I continue on with this subject, uh, Brother Lee, or should we take a phone call, or is there an announcement you, you want to make? Should I tell we, uh, folks how they can contact you or contact me? We want to let uh, people tuning in now. We've got uh, Pastor Charles Holtzhauser. Live on the air from New York, Pastor Holt Salzer is one of the uh, great pioneers in the area of deliverance, a veteran, not only of Vietnam, but of much spiritual warfare. And uh, just a pleasure and honor to have you on tonight. Uh, Brother Holt Salzer, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and uh, obtain some of your materials. All right. I'd be so very glad to. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, if you're in the continent of the United States, um, the telephone number is a 631 area, and the actual number uh, is 
698-3195. That's 698-3195. Um, if you're anywhere in the world and have access to the Internet, uh, you can reach me through my um, address on the Internet. And it's, uh, it's Yahweh's Warriors. Now, once again, Yahweh is spelled Y-A-H-W-E-H-S. Uh, of course, we know we don't, we don't use the commas and stuff, just the letters. Yahweh's. And then Warriors, W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S, at AOL.com. And I would welcome uh, uh, your email. And if you have any questions and I'm able to answer them, I'd be very pleased. Uh, to send you back an answer. Uh, if you'd like to order any materials on virtually any subject in the Scriptures, because as I said before, I've been gifted, and uh, a great gift, to be given opportunities for 40 years to, to preach this message. And there's probably something I have to offer. Uh, and if you'd like to get some further information, you can you can write to me at um, Yahweh's Deliverance, Post Office Box 347, Mount Sinai, that's just M-T period Sinai, S-I-N-A-I, New York, and that zip code is 11766, and it would be a joy uh, to hear from you. Now, okay. moving along with the Pastor, scripture, if I may, unless there was something else that you wanted to say, Brother Lee. No, Pastor, I want to just make one comment. Um, in addition to uh, a number of hours of video and audio, you have also written a number of books, have you not? Yes, I've got some uh, specific, I would call them more booklets. These are these 25-page uh, uh, soft-cover booklets uh, on the subject of deliverance and uh, many other subjects. And if you'd like a, a catalog of those things, for example, I'd be very happy to send them to you. Or a copy of the uh, the, the tapes or the, what are they called now, Brother Leah? These are DVDs. Uh, we've now upgraded from 8-track to uh, CDs. <laughs> CDs. Yeah, well, this is, you know, uh, I'm a little bit old. I, I, come, I come from the from the cassette era. So, uh, but, but I think that we'll have some of these uh, CDs available. And uh, once again, we invite, your, uh, we invite your, your call or your email or your written note, and um, we will act upon it and uh, see to it that you get what you're, what you're looking for for certain. Okay. Okay, now in the 13th chapter of the book of Luke, moving ahead just a couple of pages, I'd like to call your attention to this particular scripture because it has, you know, significance to what you and I are discussing this evening. And again, beginning at the 10th verse, it says, as he, that's, that's Yahshua, was teaching in one of the synagogues, that's the public meeting places, on the Sabbath, note again the Sabbath. And by the way, just something's come to mind. You, you might not have known this, and this is just a point of interest. The only day that is named in the Scripture is the Sabbath. No other day was given a name. Every other day was given a number. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. Uh, the names were given by uh, you know, pagan empires over the years. And they were referred to, or the days represent pagan gods. They gave the names of pagan gods. For example, Sunday is the day of the solstice, or the day of the sun. Monday is the day of the moon, and so on and so forth. But Yahweh, uh, the only day he named was the Sabbath. And then, of course, over the course of time, with these false teachings and false doctrines, the, the Sabbath was even changed. 
and it's called now Saturday, which is Saturn's Day. Uh, but that's just the point of interest. I hope it's a point of interest for you folks. But uh, once again, Yashu was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a crippled woman bent over and unable to straighten up in any way, who was afflicted by a spirit of infirmity. I'd like you to note that because many folks are riddled with many, many infirmities. And the base or the underlying cause, regardless of what the symptoms may present themselves as, is, is spiritual. Something yes. spiritual has attached itself to that individual's life or perhaps a multitude of spirits. There's a, there's a message in the fifth chapter of, uh, of Mark that speaks about a spirit that, whose name was Legion uh, because there were many of them. But folks have different types of infirmities. This particular woman must have had something, you know, this is just a guess. We haven't got scriptural backup, but it may have been something down her spine or something down her backbone because the scriptures do say that she was bent over and she was unable to straighten up. So it seems that there was something attached there to the to that area of the anatomy of the body that, that made this woman to be, to be bent over that way. And uh, when Yahshua saw her, he summoned her to him and said, Woman, uh, you are released from your infirmity. Now, you know, it may help to just sidetrack here a moment and tell you just a little something about the culture of, uh, of his day. Uh, women, uh, generally, if they were in the synagogue itself, uh, were in the back of the synagogue. And the synagogue was, was politically structured. Uh, the religious leaders were in the front, and then as you moved toward the rear, uh, the men of the community and so forth would take their place. And the women, if they wanted to learn anything, needed to ask their, their husbands when they got home. But they could listen from the outside areas there. And the idea of a young preacher uh, calling out to a woman, uh, first of all, in the crowd, and having her enter into the synagogue and come into the place uh, where he was ministering from would have been something that was unheard of. And I'm, I'm certain, having traveled the world myself and, and having been in hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, public meeting places, I would know that when you break tradition, um, you cause a lot of folks to become uneasy. And they get restless because you're doing something they had never seen before. And then on top of him calling this woman up, uh, the scripture said he laid his hands on her. Uh, this is something else that uh, in many places I've been, uh, particularly India, uh, you know, the, this is the, the eastern part of the globe, um, this, this would be something that would not be acceptable in many places for, for a, 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 a man uh, speaker to be laying hands on a woman. It just would not be tolerated, and I'm speaking from experience. And so he laid his hands on her. And... Um, stirred up some more controversy. But he, you have to bear in mind, my dear friends, he was trying to teach people that, that Yahweh was available and he loved all people and he wanted to see folks healed and delivered from the power of Satan and the devil and the dragon. And people didn't understand that. And so he not only taught it, but he also um, demonstrated it. And he, he laid her hands uh, 
uh, on, on this woman. Now, even in uh, some American circles, I, I have been told in advance, if you want to pray uh, for folks, you can you can lay hands on, on the men, but we have other folks, uh, other women that can lay hands on the women. So, of course, I'm always subjected to the authority of whatever place I'm in, so I I follow their uh, their rules pretty much, but I do know that this must have been a real astonishment to the folks to have him lay his hands on her. Now, he was the son of Yahweh. He was the savior, the Messiah of the world, and um, he was he was doing something that people would not readily accept. And yet, in life, in my life at least, and I'm sure in in, in your lives, dear friends, you you you've heard the term. Uh, you know, a gynecologist, for example. And uh, a woman will go to this uh, gynecologist and she would, uh, you know, allow this man to examine her very, very closely and very, very intimately. And uh, nothing is said. But if a preacher uh, just wants to lay hands on somebody, uh, that will stir up some controversy in many places that I've been. And I might, I might add that not only will the doctors uh, touch the women, uh, but then they will uh, send a bill or an invoice to their husbands. It's a strange, it's just, when, you, when you get into the understanding of the things of the Spirit, you can just see the, the, the carnal mind of men uh, being in such opposition against the right ways of Yahweh. They have their own gods, and, and their own thoughts, their own carnalities, their own expressions, and, the, and their own rules and regulations. And when, and when a young 30-year-old, 31-year-old man having been sent by Yahweh, in Yahweh's anointing, in Yahweh's spirit, having a revelation of the very mind of Yahweh itself, trying to teach, you can see uh, why not only would it be a local problem, but any place he may have traveled, uh, there would have been traditions uh, that would have uh, violated what he was doing. No wonder he said to his contemporaries that you make the message of Yahweh of none effect by your, your own traditions. And that's something else during deliverance that we need to do. Of course, we need to be as polite as possible and stay in the spirit of Yahweh, but my friends, there are a lot of traditions that, that people keep that really have no scriptural basis and is only deception and darkness. I won't go into them on, on this particular broadcast, but perhaps sometime in the future I'll tell you some. Some that I've experienced here in the United States and some that I've experienced in, in my many, many travels over decades in, in different countries. Um, just quickly, one example, when you go to a, to a church in Africa, uh, you have to leave your shoes on. If you take them off, uh, you're considered rude and improper. However, when you go to India, if you go into a church and you leave your shoes on, you're considered rude and improper. You have to leave them outside the door. And, and that's just one small example but there are so many traditions. You don't want to offend the people. You don't want to offend the leadership, but you do want to get Yahweh's message out. And so um, there's all these things you have to navigate through. And I'm just a man, like, like you folks, a man or a woman. And, um, of course, I'm very limited in my abilities. But this was the son of Yahweh. And even he was confronted uh, by the traditions of men that he said made the word of Yahweh ineffective in the lives of people. So perhaps someday along the way we'll speak about traditions, we'll speak about the ones that are probably common in your particular geographical area of the world, and uh, see if we can't get some light on what the truth is in these matters and get what we call deliverance. 
Now, I'm just noting up on the time here, and it looks like about three minutes it'll be an hour uh, that we've been speaking to these folks and making this broadcast, and I just want to check back with Brother Lee to see if I should turn it over to him or or what our next move is. So I'll stand by here, Brother Lee. We we have uh, as much hour as you would like to take, uh, Pastor. Uh, Sometimes we do hour program, and then other nights we'll do a full two hours. But uh, total according uh, to how you feel. Um, for two listeners just now tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio. We've got uh, Pastor Charles Holtzhauser on the air tonight, live from New York. And uh, Pastor, give out uh, your contact information again on how people can get a hold of you and uh, make contact and order your materials. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. And I will say that once that is done, I'll have to put the broadcast back in your capable hands because there there is another commitment I have to attend to. Is that all right? Absolutely. Uh, we could not get it all in one night anyway. We're going to need at least 100 uh, more shows. So as long as you're welcome to come back, I'm amiable to that. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, folks, once again, my, my uh, contact information, if it's telephone, it's 631 is the area, 631-698-3195. If it's uh, through the email system, the uh, Internet, it's Yahweh's Warriors. And Yahweh, again, is spelled Y-A-H-W-E-H-S, and Warriors is W-A-R-R-O-R-S, and it's at AOL.com. Uh, and the mailing address is um, Yahweh's Deliverance. And um, my post office box number is 347. And that's in Mount Sinai, M-T, period, Sinai, S-I-N-A-I. And that's New York, and the zip code there is 11766. All right, my particular time is gone. I do appreciate the time that you folks have allowed me to speak with you. I appreciate uh, Brother Bruce Lee for this wonderful opportunity, and I look forward uh, to another opportunity to uh, be with you once again. Thank you, everyone, one and all, and have a blessed night. Thank you, Pastor Holtzhauser. We'll have you on again very soon. You've been listening to uh, Pastor Charles Holtzhauser, live from New York City. This is the Omega Man Radio Show. Folks, uh, this program should not have taken place um, if the devil had had his way. We had an earlier program today scheduled from 3 to 5 with uh, Peter Kuhlman, live from Sweden. And uh, one hour before I entered the studio to prepare... Uh, you know, planning to come in, have a little bit of coffee, just turn everything on, and uh, start recording live. Uh, I had a major spiritual attack. Uh, my whole Internet system just died. Now, we're talking about a new system that we just put in about two weeks ago. There was no reason under the sun that this uh, Internet system should have crashed. But then uh, I found out I was not the only one under attack. Um, I talked to several other brothers and sisters. And uh, they were all, you know, suffering their own battles. You know, it was like we woke up this morning and all hell had broken loose. You know, it started for me with uh, news that my grandmother had uh, been rushed to the emergency room. Then, of course, uh, my day proceeded to the time of the uh, broadcast. I I could not get online. We had to actually uh, go to an alternate studio plan uh, with a lady handling our switchboard out of Kentucky. Uh, Don, if you're listening tonight, I want to thank you. You made it all possible. And then uh, our guest was not able to make contact, so 
praise God, praise Yahweh, that uh, Prophet Mike Beavers and Jeff Beavers out of uh, Kentucky were able to do the program with me and patch me in. So we were able to get that program done, and then uh, the uh, technician that was supposed to come out and get uh, the studio back online did not show. So uh, we've done the broadcast tonight from, again, a remote location. I've been working off my cell phone. I hope the quality is not too bad, but uh, I'm sure you'll, you can bear with me considering the, uh, the content of tonight's program. And, uh, you know, it's just a real honor and privilege to have Pastor Holtzhauser on the air, one of the great deliverance pioneers of all time. Now, I did not know about uh, Brother Holtzhauser until Rich Keltner of Watchman Radio had uh, revealed to me that uh, it used to be his old pastor. And uh, Rich had uh, been so kind as to give me a CD of a service Brother Holtzhauser had done some years ago, and just listening to it, I knew that this man was an anointed man of God and had a powerful deliverance ministry. So um, working with Watchman Radio to help uh, Rich and Sammy uh, locate some of the pioneers, we, uh, we found uh, Norman Parrish, Dr. Holliday, Steve Bell, uh, and Pastor Holtzhauser. And uh, we we're so thrilled to be able to get them on the program. And now as God has opened the door for me to do a program, um, I just knew that if I could get uh, Pastor Holtzhauser on the air, there could be some great, you know, great information going forward. Now, there are very few men and women of God in this time that really know anything about deliverance. And that's really sad to say. I mean, you know, you do not hear it being preached from the pulpits. You certainly don't hear it uh, on television in the mainstream. Now, with the exception of uh, Reverend Bob Larson, who uh, has really been a pioneer in television and is still doing it. In fact, we had, we had him on the Watchman show a couple weeks ago. Um, there are very few doing it. Yet, this is something that uh, there's such a great need for because this is where our attacks are coming from. You know, the, the word says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And, uh, you know, what we're fighting against uh, is not in the flesh, but it's uh, spiritual entities, foul spirits, wicked spirits in high places, you know, principalities and powers and rulers. You know, they have a hierarchy, as uh, the pastor had mentioned. You know, Satan has uh, his host of hell set up in a military configuration. You know, he has his generals, his colonels, his sergeants, you know, on down the list. And, you know, who are these? Well, to the best of our knowledge, these uh, are part of the fallen angels. Now, you know, there is some debating that goes on. Are these uh, just all the basically comprised of the one-third that fell? Uh, could it be some of the uh, spirits that came from the, uh, the offspring, you know, in Genesis 6, where some of these fallen angels came down and mated with the women? And then when they were, you know, killed in the flood, uh, the spirits, you know, roamed the earth. Uh, very well could be some of them, too. Uh, you know, I'm not here to really debate that point. Uh, the issue, though, is not, uh, you know, where they came from, but uh, what is their purpose? And the word says, you know, they come, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, he's a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so this is where 99% of the attacks are coming from against you and I. You know, you wake up and all hell is literally broken loose on you one day. And you say, wow, how could I be okay last night and, you know, this morning, bam, all these attacks. Well, if you're doing the work of the Lord, you know, the attacks are going to come. You know, Satan does not want uh, 
people to be delivered. Why were they so amazed at uh, the deliverances taking place when Jesus Christ, Yeshua, walked this earth? Because they had not seen it done before. It probably had not done, been done before in thousands of years. And that's uh, very powerful if you think about it. Satan and his host pretty much had free reign until Christ came to set the captives free. And now, every believer has that same authority. You know, Jesus Christ said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall any wise harm you. Jesus said, signs that shall follow them that believe, or they shall cast out demons in my name. They shall speak in new tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If you want to debate whether or not demons are real and whether or not Christians have authority over them, take it up with Jesus Christ, because he's the one that said it. And if you want to ignore the fact that demons are real, okay, that spiritual warfare is all around you, involving you, whether or not you, you know, realize or not, you know, you're just going to be easy prey. It goes back to the old philosophy of burying the head in the sand, you know, the ostrich. You know, just because you don't believe that Satan doesn't exist <laughs> doesn't mean that uh, he's not out there attacking you. In fact, it just means that uh, you're going to be hit and not know where your attacks are coming from. It's like going, imagine, okay, being deployed over to uh, Iraq right now, and they were to send you out naked with a blindfold on. How long do you think you're going to last, all right? No, you're, you're, you'll be dead meat. And that's what happens uh, when we refuse to accept the fact that we are in a spiritual battle, and we don't understand that uh, there is uh, armor that we've got to put on, and we've got to take the offensive. You know, we've got to engage in spiritual warfare. You know, Satan's not going to show us any mercy, so we need to understand that uh, we really have a choice. Just keep getting beat up or take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We all have the authority to do self-deliverance and to go out there and um, pray for others and cast out demons. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not about the words we say. It's about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, with regards to the armor, read Ephesians 6. God has given us what is called the full armor. And, you know, how many of us have read over that and really not uh, grasped, you know, the reality of what it's trying to say? You know, it wasn't until recently that uh, I really uh, became cognizant of it. I was actually uh, worshiping down with uh, Pat Holiday's church in Jacksonville. Uh, she's one of the few lady ministers that uh, are still doing deliverance. And if you're in the Jacksonville, Florida area, I would encourage you to go check them out. DrPatHoliday.com and MiracleInternetChurch.com. And, uh, you know, we, we went out to what we call Afterglow. Afterglow, you know, you go to service and everybody goes out to Denae's. Denae's is a uh, fancy word for Denny's, one of the few places that are open that way. <laughs> and we went out and we were just fellowshipping in the Lord and uh, we were talking about the former of God and uh, how, you know, you've got to literally put it on every day. And I said, what do you mean put it on? They said, you know, you speak it and, you know, put it on. So I get up in the morning. And I'll say, you know, God, I'm putting on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I pick up the shield of faith. I put on the helmet of my salvation. And I pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, that I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I visualize myself actually now 
suited up with this armor. And, uh, you know, what you speak from the Word of God has authority. And it, uh, its effects and repercussions are felt all through the, uh, the supernatural world. You know, demons, angels, they're all around us, and they're spirits. You know, God is a spirit. God says, God, you know, the word says God is spirit, and he that, they that will worship will worship him in spirit and in truth. So, you know, there's a veil separating our vision, you know, from this 3D world that we're in and uh, what's in the supernatural realm. But, you know, once in a while God lowers that veil and people get a glimpse. And uh, we were probably frightened if we were able to see what's actually going on around us in the heavenlies. Once in a while we, we get a glimpse. If you get off into the occult, you know, you're going to actually lower that veil, you'll break the hedge, and you'll probably start seeing uh, demons. Uh, these things are real, and uh, they have power. But uh, greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. And we've been given power to tread on these uh, serpents and scorpions. It wasn't talking about snakes or what we find down in Costa Rica. Now, we had a lot of scorpions in Costa Rica. In fact, uh, I'll tell you, you don't want to uh, reach into your washing machine one day to pull out some clothes you just washed and find a scorpion that actually went through the cycle. <laughs> I did that one time. That was frightening. But that's not what it's talking about. Yeah, you can step on those things, and, you know, you have authority over a snake. But, no, it's talking about spiritual evil entities, evil spirits. Jesus called them foul spirits, unclean spirits. We have the authority in Jesus' name to, to cast these things out. And, uh, you know, look. If you realize that is the source of where most of your attacks are coming from, then you realize, well, hey, I better do something about it. I need to get into the Word, find out what are the weapons of our warfare, and uh, start uh, appropriating them in our lives. And, uh, you know, you use the Word, the Word of God. When you speak the Word, there's power in it. As we were preaching about earlier today, you know, one Word of God is powerful than any nuclear bomb. In fact, uh, Einstein was said to have discovered the uh, theory of relativity, e equals mc squared, from studying the Torah and the, uh, I, I guess I would call it the equ equidistant lettering sequence, the ELS sequence. I'll leave that for uh, <clears throat> someone else like End Time Preacher <laughs> or Michael Root if we get him on the program to talk about. But the point is there's power in the Word of God. And you can use the, you use the power to, you know, to fight Satan. It says, resist the devil and he shall flee. You know, it says, greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. There's a word that says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, if you start quoting the word like that, if, if Satan's demons, which have been sent to you to try to destroy you and trip you up, they're not going to hang around very long. You've got to know the word of God, though. Or, you know, you're going to sit there and, you know, you're going to be attacked and say, ooh, I don't have any ammo. So, uh, all the more reason we've got to get in and search out the scriptures daily. You know, Genesis to Revelations, the whole Bible is for today. And uh, there's just some powerful, powerful uh, authority that we have through Jesus Christ, seated in the highest of the heavenlies, high above all the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. And when you come in contact with an evil spirit, you take authority over it as a believer, because Jesus has delegated that authority to you, just like a local municipality has delegated the authority of arrest powers to policemen and sheriffs, when they go out and they catch a, they see a bad guy or a crime in progress, they don't have to radio and say, hello, mayor, hello, 
there's a guy over here uh, robbing the bank. Uh, do I have permission to arrest him? No. They've already been delegated that authority. They go immediately into action. They take the enemy down, they handcuff him, and take him off to jail. And we've got that authority. In the name of Jesus Christ, demons have to flee. In the name of Jesus Christ, the captives are set free. So um, the more you know about this, the better off you're going to be, and uh, the quicker you're going to see some major miracles take place in your life. Uh, I hope to have Reverend Holtzhauser back on in future programs. In fact, I'm already kind of laying out what I'd like him to speak on. We're going to do some programs on ancestral sins, generational curses, binding and loosing. Uh, how many times have you read that and wondered what that meant? In fact, I heard a, a well-known minister say, binding and loosing. You know, Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom, Peter. But I guess we'll never know what it is. That was his exact words. My God, have mercy on us. That's one of the, the pivotal uh, parts of deliverance. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Binding is taking authority over demonic spirits and binding them, tying them up, freezing them, okay, stopping them cold until you can, you know, uh, see deliverance take place in the person. Loosing is loosing the angels of God, the spirits of God. In fact, uh, Dr. Marcus Haggard talked about uh, Ephesians 1, I believe it's 1.14, talks about loosing the spirits of wisdom and knowledge. You have that authority to do that. You can loose the spirits of God in Jesus' name. You have authority, you have access to the throne room. It says whatever you ask earth, you know, will be done in heaven. If it's in the name of Jesus that you're asking, and it's according to his purpose. So, you know, like I'll get up and I'll say, I, I loose the Spirit, Father God, in Jesus' name, I loose the spirits of wisdom and knowledge into me. Try that, and you're, you'll notice a, a marked improvement in your concentration. Um, you know, we could just go into so many topics here, but uh, deliverance is key. And I want to thank uh, Rich Keltner and Watchman Radio for, for kind of igniting me. Uh, through some of the programs they've done in the past with one more and more that they're going to be doing. Um, there's very few men and women of God preaching the truth that are equipping the saints with the information that they can truly use. You know, I mean, if I listen to another uh, motivational speaker on TV, you know, tell me, uh, you know, I, should, I need to be happy with myself and live the best life now, you know, sow a $1,000 seed, this is the year God's going to cancel my debt. I'm tired of that. I almost want to vomit. That's not going to help me. You know, people are dying here, okay, because of generational curses, because of touching the occult, open up demonic gateways. <clears throat> Listen, God is very cut and dry. If you break the hedge, the serpent will bite. What is that talking about? If you dabble with sin, Satan is waiting there at the door. Sin is lying at the door, you know, to attack you, come in. You know, there are things called marriage-breaking uh, spirits. Why do you think uh, we've got like a 90% divorce rate in America? And it's increasing in the church and in the pulpit. Okay? I mean, that stuff is real. Uh, I'll share a testimony. Back in 2005, I was in the Republic of Panama, and I was uh, kind of restless one weekend. I was reading the Word, and I was just out in my living room on the sofa, and I had just fallen asleep, and uh, I had a dream. And in my dream, I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black, but I heard a voice. And it says, you and your brother have a generational curse that you need to break. I woke up. I tell you, I didn't, honestly didn't even remember the dream. But I, I realized I had fallen asleep on my couch. I had my King James Bible there on the, the arm of the couch. I opened it up. 
I opened it uh, you know, just to a verse at random, and just as soon as I laid my eyes on the Word of God, it was so powerful, boom, my memory was brought back to me of the dream. And I said, wait a minute, I dreamt that last night. You and your brother have a generational curse you need to break. Now, this is like 2005. Within uh, 24, 40 hours, I had my brother call me, and he says, uh, i got to tell you something. I said, no, wait a minute. Let me tell you something first. I wouldn't even let him get a word out of his mouth. I said, you've got to hear what happened. God told me that you and I have a generational curse you need to break. And uh, next thing you know, he says, well, man, that's a confirmation, because what I was going to tell you is I felt led to uh, read a book by Derek Prince called The Blessing and the Curse. And then he went on to tell me that... Uh, a half-brother we have on the other side of the family uh, was in his condominium, and he says a demonic spirit came into his room, jumped on him, paralyzed him, and he managed to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. He said the thing jumped off of him, ran out, and actually slammed the door to his apartment as it left. And it disturbed him so greatly he was going to some uh, you know, workshop on breaking generational curses. Well, God was giving us a wake-up call. And... Uh, that was my introduction to generational curses and spiritual warfare because what I found out is uh, there's such thing as sins of the Father. And God will actually bring, bring the judgment down on your family line. You know, uh, you may not even know who your great ancestor was, but it could have been a witch or warlock. You know, that's why it's important to do some genealogy research and kind of, you know, see what uh, your family was doing. But uh, the way it works is you could have a, a grandparent get out there and, uh, you know, have a a water witching stick, you know, they did that a lot in the old days, play with the crystal ball, tarot cards, Ouija board. They have just cursed themselves, <clears throat> their children, their great-grandchildren, uh, you know, down to three and four generations. You say, that's not fair. Well, they should have done the sin. But uh, while you and I may not be too happy with the fact that we're under a curse, we do have the power through Jesus Christ to break it. Going back to my original point, that's why knowing about spiritual warfare is is so important and vital because you can go down there and you can remit the sins of your fathers, repent in Jesus' name, and then ask God to break any generational curses. And you've got deliverance. And if any demonic spirits have come in, you command them to go in Jesus' name, and they must go. You know, we can all do self-deliverance. And if uh, you've got, you know, just some kind of compulsive, uh, you know, habits, you know, just something that you can't kick on your own, then that's where you can go and uh, seek a, deliverance minister and you know get a couple of the uh, clergy or laymen to lay hands on you and pray and cast it out in Jesus' name. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Just understand every demon out is one less in. Can a Christian be demonized? Well, we'll cover that with uh, Pastor Holtzhauser next session. But uh, ask me, absolutely. Christians can be demonized. I had a generational curse on me. And uh, I was a Christian at the time, and I've had people say, well, that can't happen to Christians. Go back and read your word. You know, there's a thing called the curse of the bastard. It goes down to ten generations, okay? And uh, the effect Jeff typically has is, you know, the, the kids just can't uh, stay seated in church. They'll squirm and they'll, they'll run out. And it talks about that, that, um, you know, there's a curse that comes on. Now, you know, you may have been born out of wedlock. Not much you could have done about it, but you can certainly... Um, Ask God to break that generational curse, identify it, repent of it, of the sin of your parents, and break it, and command any demons that came in as a result to go in Jesus' name, and they must go. You know, uh, I'd heard a lot about demons, but I really had not seen any, seen any in, until uh, recently. Uh, I started going to, uh, searching out the, the few deliverance churches that are still out there, 
preaching the truth. I went up to uh, Pat Holiday's church. I went to uh, Hagowich. Um, went up there for the men's conference, and uh, they're by, by the way, they're going to have another one uh, next month. And uh, for those listening to this program, you just missed the one with Brother John Gogan, but his will be um, probably in another two months. So there are different places that you can go, and you can go and get deliverance, and you can see deliverance um, in process. And that's exactly what happened. I went up there, and they did what's called a mass deliverance, and I saw people getting set free of demonic spirits. I saw a guy who was as normal as me. We were just talking, like we're, you know, I'm talking to you right now, and we were going to the bookstore, and then that night he came up for prayer, and a, a, a demon called liar manifested. It took seven of us to hold the guy down. Now, there's not anybody going to convince me uh, that that did not happen that night. In fact, the supernatural power of the demons that were infesting this guy was so great, it took seven of us to hold him down. But we fought it and fought it, and he finally came out in the name of Jesus Christ, and the guy was set free, and we went out to eat that night. <laughs> And, you know, kind of laughed about it. But uh, praise God uh, for deliverance. You know, if you do not admit that uh, these things exist, then you're just basically held captive. And, you know, you wonder why uh, your marriages break up. You wonder why that, uh, you know, you just can't kick certain habits and, uh, you know, you have self-destruct mechanisms going on. I mean, it comes from sin. And it comes from generational curses and soul ties. You have sex with another person. Whatever demons they had, you have now. You've heard of the term STD? Well, Sexually transmitted disease, well, sexually transmitted demon is also applicable. I mean, this stuff is serious. The word says, do you think, do you not know that uh, when two become one, they both become one flesh? Okay, can you take a fire in your bosom and not get it burnt? You know, it was talking about uh, lying with a prostitute. You know, uh, you do that, you become one flesh, and you have a soul tie now. And so uh, this stuff is real. You may not see it. doesn't mean that it's not attacking you. So... Uh, you know, go back and look at the ministry of Jesus. You know, at least one-third of his ministry was deliverance of evil spirits from people, you know, casting out demons. He says that's one of the signs that will follow them that believe. So, uh, you know, it is all believers' responsibility to do it. As the occasion arises, number one, with themselves, doing self-deliverance and helping out a brother or sister out there. Um, so, you know, we could go on and on. Uh, this is such a vast area to explore, and uh, with every program we do like this, you, you learn a little bit more and more, and you become you know, more and more freer. So uh, with that, uh, I want to apologize for any technical difficulties that we had today. Again, it was just a miracle that uh, we were able to do the program, but uh, that's a sign to me that we are on the right track, and uh, I'm hoping to do more programs on the uh, deliverance uh, message. Uh, if you need to, if you need uh, deliverance, I would recommend getting a hold of Pastor Holtzhauser. There's also Hegelish Church up in Highland, Indiana. Pastor Mike Deer. You've got um, Pastor Holiday down in Jacksonville, Florida. John Gogan, pastor of Agape Bible Church up in New York, in Aurora. Uh, there's a few of these that I know of. We're trying to find more. There's Monty Mulkey on the West Coast, and. Uh, Certainly uh, tune in to Watchman Radio. Uh, they kind of paved the way for some of us, others, to do some more programs and deliverance. Uh, they got a lot of us involved. I want to shout out to Rich Keltner. Uh, I talked to Rich. That he'll have his website, massdeliverance.com, up and running soon. That will give a lot of people free resources. They can get online and put them in touch with other deliverance ministries as we find them. But, uh, you know, support these people because, you know, uh, 
they're really giving the devil a black eye, and and I can tell you firsthand he doesn't like it. So that is a uh, indication to me that we must be on the right track. Again, we've got some great guests lined up for the rest of this week. I hope to have all my hardware problems uh, sorted out by tomorrow and uh, clear up the signal a little bit. Uh, we're going to be building a new website. We've got a temporary one, OmegaManRadio.com. Uh, you can go look at and uh, you know, we do appreciate your support. You know, To do this um, does require resources, especially if we're going to go to the next level, which I hope will be shortwave and some of the satellite networks. So if you'd like to donate and help uh, Mega Man Radio, uh, God bless you for doing that. Uh, you can find out about how to do that by going to our website. We also have a Facebook page, simply Omega Man Radio. And uh, if you have any uh, guest suggestions you would like us to Bring on the program for future episodes. Uh, just write and let us know, and we'll try to contact him. Well, without further ado, I want to say uh, God bless you, and uh, spread the word about Omega Man Radio. Usually it's going to be 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, we're going to try to do a couple of 10 a.m. programs uh, during the week. So uh, God bless you for tuning in, and again, uh, stay tuned uh, for some more exciting programs from Omega Man Radio. Light there was a shadow, and that shadow was the future. I am the frustration of positive judgment. I am the frustration of limit your mind. I am the frustration that mankind has kept from the masses for years. I am real. <laughs> 